So if we have not met yet, my name is Melanie. I'm married to Stuart and together we love and lead this beautiful church. I am a mummy to two boys, Levi and Asher, but if I'm being honest, I have been a mummy for years and years and years, predating both of those little monkeys, because I've been involved in kids and youth work for years and years and years, and I think, I think there's something about women that, that just has this in their DNA to nurture, take care, train, lead, and so I've been doing that for years and years. Uh, I also look after the young here and look after what we do in our community and look after Alpha and things like that. So it is my absolute privilege to speak on Mother's Day. I've got a little bit of help this morning um, from some of the women in Real Life Church. So um, hopefully they're ready. They are going to speak from their seats and they will just have a mic, but they will stand where they are and you will need to just turn to see them or just listen to them. So um, some of the things you should know about me, when I speak, I generally um, just give away loads of stuff that you can take home with you and you can keep. So I would say I, I speak prophetically. So I speak the things that I see and know um, and so uh, I've got a passage that I'm going to bring, but what I'd like to do is pull some stuff out of it that you could take away and you could do something with. The way that it will work is you won't end up with copious notes on all that you've learned. What I'm hoping you'll end up with is things that God speaks to you personally about that you need to put in place or you need to alter or you need to change. So what I'm hoping is there will be little things that drop in that you just go, oh, that's just for me this morning. So hopefully what you'll end up with is something on your phone or something on a notepad that just says, this is what I'm going to take away today. This is what I'm going to do something with. And the way that, that the prophetic works in me is it works in all kinds of different ways. And, and so I generally am quite sensory. Um, so I, sometimes I smell things. So I don't mean like gross smells, but sometimes I'll be in a room and I can just smell things that, that aren't in the room. I might smell like, like uh, I was in a room once and it smelled of candy floss. And I, and I was thinking, I know there's not a candy floss maker in here. What's, what's going on? And I'll just ask God, I'll say to him, why, why can I smell that? What's happening? I went through a phase of smelling like stuff burning. So I'd be walking around the house going, what's burning? What's going on? I could smell like, like a bonfire loads of places and I, and I have those kind of sensory kind of senses sometimes I see things and I, and I don't see them in my head I see them out in front of me which I know makes me sound like I'm crazy so I'm sorry um, if you're new here today and you're thinking oh my goodness uh, come back oh I was going to say come back next week but I'm speaking next week as well so maybe come back in a couple of weeks time um, but Come, like, I, sometimes I see things, I physically see things out in front of me. So what's going on here, I'm, I might see something else that's happening in, in the supernatural, that's happening outside of just the, the natural. So I might see people appear or angels or things that, that I will connect with and go, oh, what's, what's happening there? Sometimes I hear things. 
So at the moment, um, in our time to grow, or our time to grow up, I keep hearing the ticking of a clock. And I keep looking around thinking, where's the clock? And I, I feel God calling time on so many things. So I'll be places where I literally hear this tick, 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 tick. I realised from the outset it does make me sound a little balmy. So um, this is just the way it works. What I wanted to do from the outset is say to you, if you are already experiencing seeing God, hearing God, there is way more for you. So all of our senses can be involved in hearing God, seeing God and knowing God. We can smell things, taste things, see things, hear things, touch things. So I, I've been in situations where, where, where I've actually felt um, things on my skin, where I've felt things brushing past me that I know are not there physically. So I've opened my eyes and thought, what's going on? And, and there's been a feeling of movement or things touching me. So what I want to say to you is, if you are prophetic, just wave at me. So if you hear God, just wave at me. You don't need to be embarrassed about it. It's an awesome thing. If you hear God, I want to say to you, there's more for you. I want to say that there is more in the spirit that you can experience. And I don't want you to settle with, I see pictures or I hear this in scripture. I want you to take that as a foundation and and let it grow. So in a season where it's time to grow, the prophetic people need to stir up the gift that God has put within them to enable them to see more and know more about God. If you are not hearing from God yet, maybe that is your time. Maybe you need to get your Bible out more. You'll never hear God if you don't read your Bible. Maybe you need to get your Bible out more and be getting into the scriptures and learning what it means to hear his voice. So I hear currently the ticking of a clock, and I hear it everywhere I go. I feel like I, I keep looking around thinking, where, where are the clocks? You know, that, that point where a noise drives you nuts, and you're trying to locate where it is. I hear the ticking of a clock, and I know that in this season, it's time to grow. I know that for us as a local church, it is time to grow. I know for us individually and corporately, God is calling time on so many things. It's time to end things, time to start things, time to grow. So this morning on Mother's Day, I don't want to make you feel really uncomfortable, but I'm going to make you feel a little uncomfortable because growing comes with pain. And if you've got a teenager in your house, you'll know that. Growing comes with pain. We don't get to grow. We don't get to physically grow without our bodies aching a bit. Like I remember as a teenager having such terrible cramp. Where, and my mum would just say, oh, it's growing pains. I was just like, oh, my goodness, as my body was just growing. Sometimes you can't keep a check on your emotions and what's going on inside and how much sleep you need and how much food you eat. Like the boy in my house is eating me out of house and home. Never, like he eats his dinner and then he goes, uh, can I have some more? And I'm like, well, what would you like? He's like, same again. Like, my goodness. So growing costs us. Growing comes with pain. It's time to grow. We need to look at the season we're in and understand what the Spirit's doing. It's it's the way we're going to grow. We need to listen to Jesus and do whatever he says. It is the way that we grow. We need to drink living water, and that will make loads more sense when we've had the story. 
We need to get rid of the weeds in our garden, making space for us to grow. And we need to tell everyone and spread everywhere. If we're going to grow, we don't just grow internally, we grow externally. Don't just grow in our hearts, we grow out here. So chairs will start to fill up. We will get to a point where this room is too small for us. Because that's what it means to grow. We're not about numbers, but if we don't grow numerically, something's wrong. So we are, we are looking to grow in this season. So I've asked Ro to read our story for today. So I can't even see where you are, Ro. You had a gorgeous pink hat on. Oh, it's because you took your hat off. That was how I was going to identify you. Thanks, Ro. Put it on now. Uh, Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time, because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that the Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. 
Thanks, Ray. We're going to get into that story because I do believe this morning the woman at the well has much to say to us. So you'll find that story in John 4, 7 to 30, and we are going to get into it. I do believe she's got something to communicate to us this morning, but I also know there are some women here who have something to say into this well, into this place. And so I've asked a few women just to share the journey that they're on in terms of how they are looking to grow or how they are currently growing. And then we're going to look at some lessons from the women at the well. So we're going to have Ruth first. So let's see how quickly Stuart can make it to Ruth. I'd like it if you'd sat, you know, at like the most extremities of the room. I was on the end. I'm going to move this way. Sorry, I'm no good at talking with, with nothing in my hand. Show you in a minute. Um, right, time to grow. How do I grow? Sorry, the usual boring bits. Um, reading the Bible, uh, listening out for God, to keep meeting with God's people, and to keep worshipping. But through coming across something which I've written out and stuck under my arm at the moment, through my lovely daughter and the Grace Course, I'm seeking to apply this. I'll explain a bit more about it. Truth, leading to belief, leading to behavior, leading to feelings. It's not actually what our world thinks at the moment. Our world tends to go, this is how I feel, so this is how I will behave. So that's what I believe, and it's my truth. Anyway, for example... This is a personal example. The last Sunday before Christmas, I arrived at the service with two grandchildren. And at the start of the sermon, because of various other things that had happened in the week before, my feelings were low, tired, inadequate, unwanted. My behavior was not wanting to talk to anyone, to avoid people and to descend into self-pity. My belief, if I labelled it, was I'm unloved and unlovable. This was genuine. I genuinely felt those things. But I chose to take the path that I've been learning about. And this is what happened. The truth, Jesus is the truth. I am loved by Jesus more than I can ever understand. He died for me. Belief. I chose to believe that God has a place for me in family and in local church. I chose to try and behave that I can be useful and helpful if I hear what he wants me to do. The feelings will have to do whatever they're doing. Just, we've had the woman at the well. Do you know, she met with Jesus, who was the truth. She believed what he told her, and then she went and did something. She ran back to the village. Back to me, the results. On that Sunday, I wrote out, I've still got it here, it's in the middle of this bit, help me to take more active steps to move out. And I've done it, because when I thought God was pointing me to offer to help with the daytime life group... I acted. So far, we've had two very special Tuesday mornings. 
Thank you, Ruth. That's really helpful. Next woman, we're going to have Gigi. Hi, uh, my name is Gigi. Um, I'm a morning person, so uh, I like to spend my time with God in the morning. Uh, I like to spend some time in silence with God, asking him to speak something uh, about my day. And then I like to pray and read my Bible. Um, when I read my Bible, um, I like to ask God to help me to see what he wants me to see from the portion and what he wants I want him to show me where I can apply that portion in my life. And uh, for prayer, I've been recently using uh, the Bible app, and there's a guided prayer in Bible app, and it takes me through a couple of verses. The first verse uh, helps me to focus on Jesus, on who he is, so I spend some time um, just focusing my attention on him. And the second verse uh, takes me, encourages me to just take my concerns to him. So uh, I write down my prayers for that day. I write down my concerns that I have. I write down uh, things that, that I am anxious about for that day. And uh, this has been really helping me to take things off my chest because I'm writing it down and um, helping me to hand it over to God. And the third uh, verse um, points me back to Jesus again. And I spend time some time to praise God and to thank him for who he is and focus on him. Just takes a few, few minutes. So, um, yeah, just uh, this has been really helping me recently. And uh, I also try to pray when I'm traveling to work um, uh, and through the day as well. And one of the things, one of the verses that God has been speaking to me for this year has, is uh, Hebrews 10.39 goes like this, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. So in areas where fear held me back, God wanted me to press in in faith. He told me that the fruitfulness in his kingdom comes by laying myself down so that he can work in me and through me. And that meant that I lay my fears down and I lay my feelings down. And instead, I act on his word and I act on what he is telling me to do. And uh, there was a work situation I was in recently where I felt God was asking me to speak out when I didn't want to. Eventually, I did and uh, things didn't change. But I felt where I, I would be fearful and angry before, God helped me to be in his peace. And I was able to do what, he, what I was asked to do. So this Mothering Sunday, I just want to encourage us to press in in faith where fear is holding us back. And also to lay ourselves down so that he can have his way in us. And I pray that as we do, we will grow and we will be fruitful. Thank you, Gigi. That was brilliant. And then I'm um, Stuart, right at the back of the hall, Gemma Gallant, please. Thanks. Do you want me to stay here or move? 
It's, it's up to you, okay, Gem, wherever you feel I'll comfortable. Stay. We didn't sit in very good places, did we? <laughs> okay, um, yeah, so the things I'm growing in are, um, and have been growing in for a while are, are reading my Bible, which sounds really obvious, but... Um, uh, for me, it's been about consistency, so um, not always looking for big revelations or small, although they're great to have, um, but really just looking for daily there to be something um, that I'm reading, and I'm finding that when I do that, um, I really hear God's voice more, like I recognize his voice more. I reckon he's probably speaking loads, and I just haven't always tuned in, but when I read daily... Um, I'm really recognizing his voice in that. And I find the Holy Spirit really draws on, like I'm building up a store of scripture. And I find the Holy Spirit really draws on that. So that's my first one. And the second one is praying. Um, I'm praying more, but I'm also learning to pray in different ways. So at the moment, I'm learning to pray like through scripture or using scripture a lot more, which is more new for me. So rather than just... um, going and asking God, I want this to happen or this to change or breakthrough in that, which is great to do. He does want us to come and do that. Um, But I'm, I'm taking like certain scriptures, like promises of God or principles that we see in scripture and praying through them or like praying them over like my kids. So I'm praying a lot for my kids at the moment and I'm using scripture to do that. And I'm just finding that really, really helpful because when I I do that, I feel I'm really praying in the will of God in their lives because it's scripture. (laughs) And um, I feel like I'm really exercising faith, like it builds my faith when I'm praying through scripture. Um, So that's been really helpful. And then the final one is um, leaning into a difficult season. Um, So I'm in quite a difficult season of life at the moment um, for various reasons. And Um, accepting that it looks different to what I would want or choose has been really helpful for growing. So um, at the moment, I am not always doing things that I have previously done or would love to be doing. It's quite a quiet season in terms of activity. Um, But what I am finding is that I'm having to do a lot of waiting and trusting of God. And that's actually very active in a quiet way if that kind of makes sense and um, so I'm I'm having to learn to stand on truth when it looks and feels quite different so it, it kind of goes with what Ruth was sharing um, sometimes what I feel and what I can see with my eyes look, can look quite bleak you know sometimes even quite hopeless but actually scripture has quite a different story to say about my situation and about our future so what I'm having to do lots of is um, declare that and, and almost stand in like a faith gap of this is how I feel and this is what I see but actually this is what scripture says um, and that actually is quite hard work and I think I can only grow in that when I'm in a difficult place um, so I just want to give a quick example and that was um, you know the Bible talks about he is good all the time all the time and it talks about uh, he works everything for the good of those who love him but when everything around you is quite painful and difficult and um, you're hard pressed on every side they are actually quite difficult things to declare um, but that's what I'm practicing and growing in and you can only do it in a difficult place so um, it's much easier when things are all nice and hunky-dory so um, so it feels quiet season on the front of activity but really like I feel like I'm growing loads internally um, in a very unseen way, if that makes sense. Thank you, Gemma.
uh, Ruth, uh, Gigi and Gemma, what I know is that whenever I sit down from sharing stuff, whenever I've put my heart out there, is I sit there going, oh, did I say the right thing? Did I do the right thing? What I want to say very loudly and very publicly so that you can listen to the rest of what needs to be said. You shared brilliantly, and I loved hearing your heart, and I loved hearing the different ways in which you engage with God. I found that really helpful. I, I think that the listening to your different seasons and circumstances is so helpful, and I know I asked a lot of the women who you'd love to hear from, and there were so many women. I said to Stuart, we are so blessed here to have so many women that people would love to listen to and would love to learn from and that's and it's it you come our real life women you come with a beautiful heart in terms of saying I would love to hear from these women but we are also richly blessed here so I want to work out ways that we can get some of you sharing and passing on what God has done in your own lives but also I want to encourage you women to be proactive. So if you wrote down someone you would love to hear from, take them out for a coffee or if it's me a hot chocolate and ask them, say I would love to know how you make this work with Jesus can you tell me? When you're in life group together, don't just talk about what you watch on TV or what your kids are doing at school. Say, how is it that you stay clinging on to Jesus in that? Tell me, help me, show me. And that's partly we can do it here. But if I'm honest, this is two hours on a Sunday once a week. The rest of it we will do out in life group and in our life, in our world. So I want to encourage you, shared beautifully, but I know there are many women here who would also love to hear a bit more or from someone else. So I'm thinking lots of Costa dates and walks in the park and having people round your house for a piece of cake and a cup of tea and saying, can you tell me how it is you get to Jesus in your season so that I can get to Jesus in mine? So is that all right? I give you permission, women, to sit around and talk about Jesus and stir one another and eat cake or just have a cup of tea while you're doing it. So thank you for sharing. I hope that enables you to listen to the rest now. If it's any consolation, every time I speak, every time I prophesy, I sit down and undo myself momentarily where I go, oh, I should have said that. Oh, I can't believe I'm fluffed that bit up. Or maybe no one even cares, or maybe no one listens, or why would you say that? So most of us do that. What you've got to do is just rein it in so that you can carry on listening. Satan would have all of us silent and quiet if he could. Um, so just, just stir your hearts this morning to hear what God's got to say to you. So the woman at the well, her story's in John 4. It's a brilliant story, and I just want to pull out a few things from her story. So she met Jesus, who is God. So she came into contact with the I am. So she was drawing water, going around her normal, everyday business. And she was a Samaritan, so she never... I mean, there's so many things wrong with the story. She never should have been on her own. Women at that time drew water together, and it was a social thing. So they would... This is so like women, isn't it? So they would go up together... 
They would draw water together. They would come back together. So this job that they needed doing in their communities was a communal job. There's a reason she went on her own, and it's probably because she was outcast. It's probably because she had five husbands, and the one she was living with wasn't her actual husband. It's probably because the women in the community probably thought, we don't want to engage with her. We don't want her as part of our community. We fear for our husbands. We fear for our children we fear for our safety and so she was something of a social outcast to be drawing water on her own to be a Samaritan and to be a woman were all the reasons that Jesus should not have engaged with her at all and then not only is she that kind of woman so from a Samaritans and Jews just did not mix men and women tended not to And so when you look at this story, you think, how is it that the I am then engages with her? How is it in that one moment that he makes it okay for her to be there? And then how is it that how she responds to him is is really quite brazen? So she questions him. She calls him out. She lets him know what the scripture says, like the I am. She lets him know what it is that she thinks. Are there any women in the house that can identify with being outspoken, with questioning things? I'm trying not to look at anyone because I know if I look at you, you're going to think, oh, she means me. So I'll look up here. Are there any women who feel like I'm constantly questioning, I'm constantly asking, I sometimes have opinions that make other people feel uncomfortable? What I want to say to you loudly this morning is Jesus is very at home with all kinds of people, including those kinds of women, including those who have a backstory, those who have things they are ashamed of, those who have been outcast or pushed out. Jesus is very at home. Those who have a voice and would question stuff and would challenge things. Even you've had it said of yourself that your behavior is challenging or you question too much or maybe you should be quieter. Jesus is very comfortable to engage with people like that. She meets Jesus and you would think at that point that everything changes, but it isn't really at that point that everything changes. It is as he explains who he is and where he fits, that suddenly she has revelation. So if I say, I'll say this carefully, sometimes it's not enough to just meet Jesus or encounter Jesus. It has to come with the truth of who he is and what he's done. And I have met many people who've had these kind of encounters with church, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, that it just doesn't last. And I would say it's because they've had some kind of revelation of a spiritual world of something going on, but they've not had a revelation yet of the truth. They've not had it revealed to them that he's the Messiah, that he's the I am, that he's the saviour. They've not had it revealed to them the truth of what scripture says about him. And we need to have these encounters, but we cannot live on just encounters. We need truth. 
We need revelation. We need something of God to open our eyes. The woman at the well questions stuff. If you are in a season where you are questioning and you are wrestling, you are very at home with Jesus. He will happily meet you at the well. He will happily wrestle with you, but you need to get your questions to him. You need to bring your challenge, bring your pain, bring your wrestling, bring your doubts to him. You need to allow him to then speak into it. The woman at the well had to question and ask stuff, but then listen and receive. She needed to engage with the Savior. And some of you are sitting here, and it, do you know what it gets like sometimes with kids when they ask question after question, but they don't really care about the answer? They're not asking because they want to know the answer. They're asking because they want to make sure they're heard, or they want to make sure you know how smart they are with their questioning, or they just want to delay bedtime or something. They just ask question after question. You think, are you even in? Sometimes I just go a bit quiet when that's going on. Just let them wear themselves out and then say, do you want any answers? Or, or is this just... It can be like that when we're spiritually searching. We can have question after question after question, but we're not actually pausing and listening to what Jesus has to say. The woman asked her questions. She challenged, well, you know, who are you basically? I'm waiting on the Messiah, but who are you? And then there's a pause where Jesus seeks to answer. He sees her. He knows her. He reveals all of her backstory, which there's a point in that story that's quite uncomfortable where you think, oh my gosh, but he doesn't reveal it so that he can expose her and make her feel uncomfortable. He reveals it so that he can say to her, I know you. I know everything about you. And knowing what I know about you, I would still engage with you. I would still talk to you. I would still seek to reveal myself to you. Some of you sitting here distance yourself from God because you somehow think your story disqualifies you. You somehow think, well, if, if only he knew. He already knows. He already knows your worst mistakes, the ones that you just think, well, no one knows that I think that. He already knows your whole backstory, yet still would choose to engage with you. He already knows what this morning looked like, what your thought life looked like, what it is you do. He already knows, but he would still seek to engage with you. He would still seek to meet with you. He would still seek to speak with you. And he talks to her about this water. He says, if only you knew the gift that, that I am. If only you knew about this water that could satisfy you. And she, she rightly says, but you didn't even have a bucket. Because she's still thinking he's talking about the well, not himself. Not him as living water. She's still questioning, going, but you didn't have a bucket. You didn't have a rope that's long enough. And Jesus reveals to her, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about my water. I'm talking about the things that I can give you that will never run dry. Where you thirst, I have what you need. He's talking about himself. And I think in a season where we want to grow, we need to be drinking deep of Jesus. 
And I know it's obvious. I know what, what, what Ruth shared, what Gigi shared, what Gemma shared. You might think, well, yes, sure, we need to read our Bible. Heard that all before. Yes, sure, we need to stand on truth. Heard it all. It is seriously the only ways that we will grow is if we are meeting with Jesus, encountering Jesus, if we are finding him in the word, and if we are believing that to be true and taking that out with us. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there won't be in this season any quick fixes, any easy answers. There will be the same stuff stayed over and over again, only you will need to, like the woman at the well, say, I'm thirsty, can I have this water? And if you're sitting there today and you think, well, I, I've never really encountered Jesus for myself, and I've asked loads of questions, well, maybe you just need to sit by the well and be quiet for a bit. Maybe you need to be in amongst the people of God in worship times, maybe in your own spaces, and wait for him to speak. Maybe you need to tell him, I'm thirsty. Now, I don't know about you, I watch people in my world thirst for things that never satisfy I watch people get bigger houses, better cars. I watch people upgrade holidays, wardrobes. It's never enough. Because if I thirst for meaning and value in all of those things, they will never deliver. What Jesus is revealing to the woman at the well is, if you thirst, you need to drink from me. You need to come to me. You need to drink deep in this well. And for some of us, a decision will need to be made in this season to grow, to choose to find your worth, your value, your purpose in him. You will need to redirect where you satisfy your thirst. And you won't find it in your job or your... They will momentarily quench your thirst. Moment, they will never last and they will never be enough. What Jesus reveals to the woman at the well is not just a one-off, if you drink from me now, you will be fine. He's saying, if you drink from me your whole life, if you drink from me ongoing, if you drink from me daily, if you drink from me, you will never thirst. He's offering eternal life that is secure for the future, but one that you will live out daily. He's saying, if you drink from me daily, you will not thirst. It doesn't mean you won't look at things and go, well, I'd love that. And I'd like, you know, I look around and think, well, I wouldn't mind that car. I wouldn't mind that house. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying where you find your satisfaction, where you find your worth, where you find your purpose, it must be in me. And the end result for the woman at the well is she encounters the I am. She asks for this water She understands that he knows all my backstory and yet still engages with me. And then she goes and tells everybody she knows. She goes back to her village. And if you read on the story, it says, she she goes back and says, come and see the man who told me everything I've ever done. Come. And it would appear from the story that her village is totally transformed by a woman who was shunned, by a woman who was found at the well on her own, her village is totally transformed because she had an encounter with the Saviour and the truth of who he was revealed into her heart. And what I want us to do 
is draw from her story and learn from her lessons. What I want us to do with Ruth and Gigi and Gemma is to draw from their story and learn from their lessons. What I want us to do in the coming days, months, years, is to draw from each other's stories and learn from each other's lessons. I want us to get better at that, to be in life group together, not just eating good food together and laughing together and chatting about TV. And I want us to draw from one another. I want us to be like the woman at the well and say, I'm thirsty for Jesus. I want to know what he's done in your life. I want to learn from that and I want to move forward too. So I'll sum up how I started Look at the season and ask what the Spirit's doing. So in your life, what is he up to? What is he doing? Ask those questions and see what you hear, taste, touch, can experience. See what's going on around you. Listen out for the ticking of a clock. Get on board with where we're going as a local church. Think to yourself, if this is what God is saying to my family collectively, how do I go away and outwork that? Talk in life groups. What's happening in the spirit? What is he doing? This is how we will grow. Not by keeping an eye on my agenda and what I want to do, but by seeing what the spirit is up to. This is how we will grow individually and corporately. Listen to Jesus and do whatever he says. Sometimes I feel like if we were quicker to obey, we'd be quicker to access the kingdom. If we quickly say yes to Jesus and quickly act on what he's asked us to do, we access stuff that we did not have before. It is how you grow as a Christian. When you say yes to Jesus, you tread on new ground and you grow. Well, Gigi was saying, when I face my fears, when I do it anyway, I occupy space that I didn't occupy before. Growing is painful, growing is hard. We will only do it if we say yes to Jesus. Drink living water. Make sure he's the one that satisfies you. If he is not, ask for some help. So you, if you are not being satisfied by the word of God, by the spirit in your life, by the things going on around you, in God, get some help. Say, I, I appear to be going elsewhere. I've clearly missed something. Could you help me. Get rid of the weeds. What Jesus knows about your life is everything. So when he puts his finger on something, it's not a new revelation to him. It is because he wants it now. So the woman at the well, what he wanted her to know is, I know your backstory. I want your story and I want you to be different. If he puts his finger on something, if there's a weed in your garden that he has pointed out, it's because he wants it now. And the only thing you need to do is offer it back up and go, I'm sorry about that. So if God is highlighting things in your life that are acting as weeds that are getting in the way, it's because he wants it now. He's always known about it. If he is speaking to you about it, it's because his hand now wants to take that. And if you hold on to it, growth in your life will halt So you will not move beyond where God has said, I want that now. And you will stay where you are. And I know that feels a bit harsh on Mother's Day. Sorry about that. Just give yourself a little pat on the back if you're a mummy in the house. Just, you're doing well. But if he's got his hand on something, it's because he wants it. I, I think one of the ways we grow is we stop wrestling with God over the stuff he said I'll have now. 
And I know my own life, whenever I've surrendered, whenever I've said, okay, I have been taken into a brand new season. It's because he wants that weed out the way so you can grow. He tells the woman at the well, I know about your life because he wants her to move forward. He doesn't want to drag her back and go, look at your disgraceful mess. He wants to say, I know about that. Let's go now. If he has got his hand on something, surrender it, give it up. And then lastly, real life, look around the room. There are empty seats in this place. Look around. So there's, there's some there and there's some there. And you might think, oh, some of our kids were sitting there. They were, but they're, you know, they're out there now. So there's some at the back there. There's space there. There is space in this room because we are not just supposed to grow individually. We are supposed to grow corporately. What God does in our hearts and in our lives is supposed to be seen elsewhere. And I think you tell a tree by its fruit. And we aren't about numbers here. We've never put numbers out there. I don't think we ever will, to be honest. What we are about is doing the things that God has asked us to do. We're all about Jesus here. We're all about making his name known. The direct result of people encountering Jesus, knowing Jesus, understanding what he's done for them is that it spreads. Growth happens because God is doing something in us. Growth stagnates when God is not. It is a sign for a local church. Growth And so I would love us to be thinking, what has God done in my life and what can I pass on? What can I tell people? What can I share? How can I get them to understand the man at the well knows everything I've ever done but loves me anyway? Like, is that not the best news ever? My worst efforts... My worst failings, my worst mistakes, my entire being, he knows everything about, but he loves me anyway. He died in my place for all my sin. He sets me right before my Father in heaven. He loves me anyway. I don't know why we wouldn't shout that from the rooftops. No matter what, I begin each day, I end each day with a saviour who knows my name, knows my story, knows everything about me and loves me anyway. He doesn't want me to stay at the well with my five husbands and the man I'm living with who isn't my husband. He doesn't want me to stay in that place, but he loves me and will take me further So when it's time to grow, we need to engage with what God's doing in our life and grow. We need to allow ourselves to grow. We need to give permission and we need to act on the things that God has said. So I'm going to ask us to stand. We're going to worship Jesus together. For us to be a people that grows, we're going to need to pay the price. We're going to need to say, yes, Lord, more often. We're going to need to have to give up the stuff that he's put his hand on. We're going to need to thirst for him and want for him more than anything else. So let's worship him. Let's meet with him. Let's see what the Spirit has to say to us this morning. And let's grow.